You're listening to Better Left Unread, a podcast about Pulitzer Prize-winning novels. My name is Ken. And I'm Ethan. This episode, we're discussing the back half of 1921's winner, The Age of Innocence, by Edith Wharton. Ethan, let us begin as we often do. Occasionally. With a plot summary of the back half of the novel. Sometimes sometimes it's a plot summary of the front half of the novel, but this time it's back the half. back half. Yeah, crazy. The better <laughs> half, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I um, love a back half of a novel. Hmm? You picking up what I'm putting down? Anyways, uh so in, in uh in the beginning of book two, chapter nineteen, we get the wedding between uh May and Newland right out of the gate. Um, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Uh doesn't even our two weeks prediction gone yeah which we'll come back to well yeah okay may and newland are married we join them on their honeymoon uh, across europe abroad where, yeah where they spend uh time in a various you know different places and eventually settle in london for a couple days where they have or newland specifically has some very interesting conversations with a couple different people including a, a french tutor i believe is the, the yes guy. Yes. Um, from there, they return home and begin married life and domestic bliss. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Ellen is not gone from Newland's feelings or <laughs> wants. What? Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so begins like this long protracted pseudo courtship, I guess, where they're kind of chasing each other and kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. He at one point goes to Boston, uh, where he. Th- he finds out she is they uh talk for a bit and basically um at one point decide uh that she'll stay in uh new york provided that he is not or she's not a temptation to him right uh and as long as they don't like consummate their affair okay i will say they have a conversation where something is decided and because of that she stays in new york because i have questions but continue Anyways, so they some other large society news, and there's discussions of vulgarity in the way that New York uh, high society is shifting. Um, and eventually, Damn dog, a book about a place changing. Right, crazy. Uh, <laughs> eventually, um, it gets to the point where uh, Newland and Ellen are talking, and they decide. Well, I guess Newland decides that they're going to get physical, and more or less, she kind of agrees, and they separate they go their separate ways and again i i think there could be some interpretation happening yes but we'll talk about it and they part their way they part ways and the next day uh may uh newland's wife basically goes oh didn't you hear ellen's leaving town and he's like what the hell and also she follows that up with by the way i'm pregnant then we see this very interesting dinner sequence uh near the end of the book um, where Ellen basically rides off into the sunset to live in Europe alone, not with her ex-husband. Um, and yeah, it's a dinner party that May throws mm-hmm. to to send her cousin off with fond farewell. Right, and she again. Again, I want to talk about that in more depth later. But uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> eventually, that basically that sequence is more or less the the like I don't know how to say it, the end of their weird affair Well, i would just say it like this i would say it like this there is a dinner scene where ellen is we say goodbye to ellen the family Mm -hmm. everyone wishes her well and says goodbye to ellen yep there's a time jump 
26 we come years. Back, we come, yes, we come back to, uh, to Newland Archer 26 years in the future. We, there's a whole thing about it. He's lived an entire life. Mm-hmm. Then he goes on a trip with his son. His eldest son, a, Dallas. His el- <laughs> Which again, the Which names I, in this book are bad. I think it's supposed to be a call to that one family. Hold on. Sorry. We're in the plot part. We're in the plot part. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on a trip abroad uh, with his eldest son. They end up in Paris, which is where Ellen has settled. They are invited to dinner. I know, no. I know. Yeah, I see you. It's not a visual medium for the listener, but I can see Ethan. He's giving me a look. Dallas makes arranges for them to have dinner with Ellen, who at the behest of his dead mom, May. Yeah, <laughs> and, something uh, like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then Newland sits on a bench and then walks to the hotel, and that's the end of the book. Yep. Ethan, you did an excellent job of covering the bases within those events. There's much to talk about. I was going to say, I was like, I don't know how to transition into any one thing. The word we used last time, it's a very dense part of the book. It's so dense. And there's so much happening on screen. I'm doing it every episode. Fuck it. <laughs> but it's, I was going through all the, the like sentence long uh, chapter summaries I have. I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. Like, and none There's of a it whole feels... lot that happens. Yeah. There's not a lot that I would put in the plot summary. No. That you didn't put there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of it, it's like New York society is in this book. A lot of it's like subtle and like the implications are there mm, constantly yeah. in everything that's happening in a very interesting way. But I don't know that I'd say interesting. Oh, wow. I think I've... we're about to have our first disagreement on a book. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I'll just come out and say it. Okay. Disappointed in the back half. We in last episode we I talk I was flying high, and I stand by that the first half of this novel is impeccable. I think we lose some footing in the second half. I don't think it's bad. It didn't. It's, I'm not down to the point where I'm like, oh yeah. I really enjoyed it. I mm. would recommend this book to anyone wholeheartedly. Here's here's what I've been thinking. If we make a t-shirt, if and when we make a t-shirt for this this show, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say endings are hard. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Because like endings are really fucking hard. And I think this is, in my opinion, we're now three for three on books where the last chapter should just be torn out and they should end one chapter earlier and it would make it that much better. So I think I would agree that if they if the author did just not write that last chapter, it would have been an excellent end of the book um mm-hmm. i don't hate the end of the book though um, no no hate's much too strong a word i just think it's a misstep where um i don't even know if i'd go that far um i got you know hey man i got receipts like i'm just saying i do too i i think this isn't <laughs> this isn't me being like i okay i'm i'm diving in for two reasons mm-hmm. i'll give you two reasons i was personally unsatisfied in the conclusion we talked last episode. The listeners heard me say it. I desperately wanted everyone to end this book happy. 
doesn't really happen. No. There's some interpretation, but I think for the most part, it doesn't really happen. That's disappointing. That's fine. Not having your, you know, your fan service met is not an issue. And and not for me. But I also think that that last chapter undermines and undercuts large sections of what I would call like the central message of the book. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. So I don't, I was like, I'm, I'm trying to think through this as you're talking. So, um, no, no, it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm springing it on you. We haven't talked about it. Yeah. So. In my interpretation, this novel is about the way in which old New York and old society needed to or was going to change and newland archer is basically one of the front runners of that change he's riding the wave whether he's creating it or just being swept along in it he is part of a changing attitude a changing lifestyle a changing everything right and in that last chapter we replace newland archer with his children and there's a lot of detail put into their lives, into the yeah. lives of, of their children, of, of what May and Newland's life became. And their children are described as being wholly different mm-hmm. from, from the generation that came before and is described in positive ways only. Yeah. There is no point where it says like, and that change was negative. No, all their children are accomplished. All their children are, seem to be happy. All their children seem to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? Dallas, the eldest son, is like an architect who's like successful and working and is super curious about things and loves art and is just, you know, has his, his basically his like father's taste in like right. wanting to know what's happening in, in wider society. Their daughter, Mary, mm-hmm. is a, an accomplished like athlete in the way that May was in like what like riding and shooting yeah a bow i guess mm. maybe a gun at this point it's it like could it's be. like 190 something teddy roosevelt's name came up and uh you know what i mean and then there's like another son i guess who didn't Bill. die from pneumonia that was like yeah. his thing yeah <laughs> he's <laughs> alive children, and happy <laughs> you know what that's a w baby yeah and the uh and so it's like we describe their children edith Wharton then describes her uh, their children as being both good and having good lives, right? And that is also, that is tied explicitly to their ability to not worry mm-hmm. about the things of the past that concerned the old generation, right? Those social structures that kept Newland from his happiness or kept, you know, Ellen from from her potential happiness, that kept people in these lockstep of, yeah, you must do this, you can never deviate, to deviate is to like lose social capital, which is to die. Yeah. Right. And so in having that last section, then say that no change is good. The change in my, this is how I interpreted it is that that, that last chapter is written as change is good. Change is unequivocally good. The old generation was, was wrong to not embrace that change. Right. They were stuffy and, and backwards. Mm-hmm. The children of the future. Yeah. Right. And then at the very end, for no reason that I can really tell, Newland Archer does not do the new thing, does mm-hmm. not do what would be considered the change. He goes back to the old way. Yeah. 
and is is content with that is i mean we don't know because it basically just ends but that whole thing just feels like i don't know then what the point was okay so let me let me throw out because this has actually been super helpful because it helped me congeal my thoughts uh, yeah, absolutely you. so it's a discussion baby i think like in, in what i took away from it it is about um you know I think it is a lot about how uh, New York society and the way that um, uh, high society in particular binds people right into Mm -hmm. gender roles, gender norms and societal roles um, and the way that that makes people unhappy. Um, I'm also I'm going to haphazard a guess here at at the time, from what I understand, uh, there was a like a fixation on reverie memory and how experience isn't really all that important as opposed to the the ideal the like sure you know the, the potentialistic potential and the you know oh i remember how great that was and that's actually more interesting to the person as opposed to experiencing the thing itself sure i totally get that so what i think the back half of this book is doing is that it's it's refuting that and it's saying that i when you talk about newland going back i don't think he ever left and I think when he leaves and he, there's a, the last line of the, or not last line, but one of the last lines of the book, he's, he says to himself on the bench, uh, it's more real to me here than if I, I went up and yeah. to him, I had the same reaction where I, the, the book ends as he walks back to the hotel by himself. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that's all you wanted forever. And okay. And, and yeah, I, yeah. I think the point is Edith knows th- and Dallas knows and Ellen knows that Newland's wrong, but he's been bound by everything and is willing to live his life in reverie and memory at that point, and that's really a bad thing, right? Like, um, okay, it's not a happy ending for him. It's like, no, it, no, it's not. And I don't. But I'm. Why do you think that that's Edith Wharton saying that what he did was wrong? That him not going up is the wrong move. It's because of the way that she writes up until that, because there are a lot of quotes throughout the book that talk about memory and like things oh, happening absolutely. all over again, right? And flesh and blood and, and uh, you know, youth and all that shit. Um, no, no, you're completely correct on that account that yeah. the, uh, that the idea of a thing hmm. is in some ways better yeah. than to actually have the thing. You know, that's the entire thing with, between Ellen hmm. and May is May is the thing that is real and that, yeah, the, it has, and Ellen that, is like the thing that could be. Yeah, the excellent carriage ride scene where she's like, "We'll we'll sit quietly and look at realities, not wishes, or something like yeah. that." To to, to Newland, um, but yeah, I, I guess it's just like it. It seems like the whole point is look at how fucked up Newland is by high society, right? See, and I guess like I I, I disagree. Where I would say that I don't see anything in this novel that actually points to that. Where if you want to say that he lived an unfulfilled or an unhappy life, right? Mm -hmm. We don't really know that. What we know is that he had like three years when he was like a younger man and was engaged and through the early years of his marriage where he thought about and, you know, depending on your what you consider, like had an affair. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And then we jump ahead 27 years or whatever it is, 26 years. 
to where we see all of his children grown. Everything is good. He even mentions that like he seems to have had a life where he got into politics. He was very proud of the work that he did, which to me would say that I don't see that as Edith Wharton saying that he was wrong to do those things. Right. Which is fine. Like if you want to be like he, the wrong thing would probably be to like, you know, leave your wife for like, no, I don't know. It all seems wrong if you ask me, but then at the end to just be like, and then he didn't even do the thing. Right. So the reason I would challenge that is one, everybody around him uh, from the dinner sequence on um, knows that the only thing Newland ever wanted was Ellen. There's, there's mention in that last chapter about how, like Dallas, his son's like, yeah, you were like totally in love with her, right? Mom told me. <laughs> and on top of that, in the sequence where uh, he's going over, um, you know, the, oh, I got into state politics and I only ran for one term, but people thought of me as an upstanding citizen. And, you know, people always ask for my approval or thoughts on things. There's a line in there where he says some of the effective like, and I guess that's all a man should like should hope or wish for or hope for. He, he supposed but, it was all a man ought to ask. Right. And to me that I read that as like, I don't feel fulfilled with what I've done, but well, I don't know guy, why. Right. Or like to I, back you up. Yeah. The next sentence of this section is something he knew he had missed the flower of life. Right. So he feels unfulfilled. And in that moment where he has a chance to fulfill it, he'd rather live in the memory and leave than go up and like start new. He even says at one point, he's like, I'm only 57. Like, he, he knows yeah. he's still living, but he, he sacrifices the idea of an, a new experience or, like, reopening that door. I don't know. Maybe it's too terrifying. Maybe it's, like, an idea of, like, oh, my God, the time I've wasted is what's scary to him or something. But uh, <sighs> to me, it's, like, this is clearly about how badly, even though he didn't have a bad life, he he feels unfulfilled because of the way that high society has bound him into the life he leads. And to 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 go up there is to reject everything and to say it was all a waste, right? I guess I I don't agree because those two things seem at odds to me. I mean, they might be like right to say that that Newland Archer then in that moment of deciding to not go up to see Ellen is saying, you know. It, it, so are you i'm sorry i gotta i gotta ask a, a probing question yeah go so for are it. you saying then that it's in that moment him rejecting the dinner call hmm. refusing to go up is him saying that he is now fulfilled by the life even without ellen no okay so I, meaning I, that him leaving leave leaves whoa him leaving leaves his life unfulfilled yes how because again so everything he's done and chosen at this point has been because of what you know society and his responsibilities to his children which i don't want to undersell his like uh i don't want to say like he shouldn't have been a responsible father like that's not what i'm saying um but all of the choices he's air quotes made have been because of the role within society that he has and for him mm-hmm. to go up there would be and discover air quotes like what he could have been doing or what he missed um, is like terrifying is the wrong word, but like it would make him 
question everything he's ever done. And that's See, more... I, when you say everything he's ever done, mm-hmm. do you mean the things that we were with him for? Or do you mean the things that happened in that 26-year break? Because uh, I think those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Because in those 26 years, he talks about how he got into politics. Yeah. Right? For one There's term. an entire chapter. Mm-hmm. No, but he, he served in the state assembly for one term, but mm-hmm. then did like municipal work and right, was all yeah. about uh, phila- philandering. No. <laughs> Philanthropy. Uh, yeah. and the, uh, I prefer philandering. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the um that he was in he was in public service. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if it was outside of of a of a state or federal government level. Uh but there's an entire chapter earlier in the novel dedicated to him talking with one of his peers about how you know his his friend the mm-hmm. the newspaper man tells him that he should he needs to get into politics. Yeah. And Newland responds with well men of my station don't get into politics. Mhm. That would mean that when he gets into politics, he is in fact breaking yeah. with those norms, mm-hmm. which is again, like, I don't think you're wrong to to bring that up, but it just doesn't work when I think, I think him not going upstairs is the break in character. I've seen nope. nothing from Newland throughout the rest of the novel that would lead me to believe that he would not go up to dinner. See, but to me, it's like him not going up to dinner is him trying to rush to get married in the beginning of the book what or like the i need to stay an arm's length away from her right like i, I don't know oh, you see what i mean okay where it's i see like, what you're saying now oh this... i can't open that door right but he's not doing it like willingly almost no. like he's it is a it... he's it's i'm saying he's still being bound he's fooling by himself yes okay and so like he's okay. he's being held like whether he's doing the holding or the society's doing the holding, something is holding him in place and he can't go up there, right? He can't open that door, which... I like it. Maybe, again, maybe I'm looking way too much into this, but, um, yeah, it just, it felt like... It felt so anti-romance novel to me, where, like, I was expecting him to, like, the book to end on him opening the door or something, right? Like, um... Sure. But I mean, I think it's it's a it was always going to be like a tragic romance. Totally. I was never like even in my heart of hearts. I knew that there was no happy ending here, mm-hmm. no matter how bad I, I might have wanted it. I don't know, man. I think I just I think I just have a different read on that. And well, because I, I, yeah, like, I again, like I said, like, I just don't think I can. I don't think the text bears that out. And I, the again, idea that he's he's still bound up by that because there's so many instances of him breaking with it. And maybe I just don't give the same weight to those breaking points. Well, I just mean, if you're going to, if you, to me, the, the, the fact that she writes so much of his life in those 26 years Mm -hmm. and not so much as in like, you know, it's only like 10 pages maybe. Yeah. But there's a lot of detail in, again, it's dense. The frames are dense. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's there's a lot of detail in what's summarized in those those pages, and to to point out with such clarity the ways in which his kids are different than him and are happier than him and are you know different than society, and it's not it's explicit. It's not no, it's not a subtle. metaphor at that point. It is straight up like you know his son Dallas is marrying Fanny Beaufort, who is. Which her name is Fanny, which again, two for two, well, two for three on Fanny being a name in a novel. 
And there's a part where uh, he says, my fanny. And I was like, that's funny. Because uh, <laughs> that means something different now. But the... Where I think he, Dal- with, yeah. Dallas is marrying Fanny Beaufort, which is a, thr- a callback to something that... Lord Lefferts. Is, Lefferts so. says at the dinner where he says, you know, if we let society go on like this, like our children are going to marry Beaufort's bastards. And there's a whole section where it talks about how, you know what, Fanny came back after her parents died... And yeah. she came back when she was like 18. She came back to New York and she had she was in the care of some other cousin or family member or whatever. And no one cared. Yep. And to it me- turned out to be a good thing because she was she's sweet. Yep. And she's good. And she to me it was clearly like, look, it's it's Ellen again, but this time society is Well, I mean, like- it's she explicitly calls it out. She yeah. says it was like when Ellen came back, except yep. this time people weren't dicks about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's what I mean is like so if we take that as a, as another example, and I'm just now thinking about this, I didn't think about this before, that would be another example where you're saying, well, society was wrong or like the way that they treated Ellen, because this is like a whole other theme is that Ellen is mistreated in the book through by everybody, yeah, inc- including Newland. So you'd say, well, the difference between her and Fanny is like 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. And Fanny shows up and society's much more welcoming. And it turns out that she gets to be in apparently like a lovely relationship and marriage with with Dallas Archer. Mm-hmm. Is that their name? I think Newland so. Yeah. Archer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to me, that's like another example of of saying the change is good. The social totally. progress and is good. And then so then to then at the end and I'm with abandon you. Newland. I, yeah, but I'm with you up until this point where I think that's the break we have where it's like I completely agree either Edith Wharton saying like change is good. Look at these kids how much better they're doing not being bound by society but yeah. All that works for me. I do yeah. want to say all of that works for me. I just think the inclusion almost like the inclusion of Newland at the end is pointless. I would almost just send Dallas on yeah. Like, a thing and then he can talk to ellen and like then you can have like and a different again scene. i think that the, the only function newland uh serves there is to basically be like look at how bad this fucks people up right but we've had 280 pages mm. of that so then at the end to do a dramatic time jump that's what this is what i'm saying is like i don't think of this as like it's almost like a failure of like form or like structure somehow because of the way it's so different from the rest of the novel Mm. right where it's now it's 26 years when you do a time jump you it has to mean something right you can't just like and then 26 years passed and like it's the same i mean you could but then you'd be saying well look it's the same right Mm. but it's not it's very different and we talk about his kids and it's like it had to mean something so if the thing that it means is that like it fucks you up for life, right? Like all these, these pressures and these, these norms that you have to, the rigid structure that you must adhere to. Why would you write about how good those like 26 years were? But again, I don't side outside of like two or three sentences where you say like, but Newland felt like he never really lived. I think those sentences do a lot of work. They're very important. Yeah. They're very important. Right. But that's what I'm saying is like, so then in the end, when Newland has a chance then to not even like backfill that life with meaning, but to like live a life with meaning going forward. Right. To then punt on that is just like, wait, why did that happen? Because it fucked him up for life. 
So I get like, so it's just the point of the novel is that if you're born into those structures, like that's it for you. I don't know if that's what she's saying. I, I think it's supposed to be focusing on like how these structures need to be dismantled and how good it is once they get dismantled. But like, I guess Newland's supposed to be some sort of, uh, I mean, he's tragic. Like it's tra- yeah, tragic. some tragic character who's like driving that home in the end of the book, but yeah. But this is, and then so when I say that you could do, you could if you just lop that last chapter off. Yeah. Now your new ending is incredible. <laughs> yeah, amazing because it's. I think you achieve all of that same thing with less confusion. It's it's less hopeful for sure. The new ending of and then Ellen left, and that's and then that's it. You don't get to hear about what happened. It's not important, mm-hmm. right? What mattered is that you read about these two people like kind of circling the the drain of like, will they, won't they, but there's reasons why they couldn't. And it was all societal pressure and all this other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And like, well, they won't, they, they were on a break to pivot from that end to 26 years later. Just feels really weird. We're like, if you wanted to, if you, if you're Edith Wharton, May she rest in peace. I assume she's dead, right? 1912? Like, there's no she's way. She's born during the, the Civil War, my man. Like, and the, I didn't know. And the, uh, the, she actually published this at two. Yeah. <laughs> and your point, people live for a long time, man. Yeah. If your point is just to be like, look how these false pressures hurt people, you've done that. Totally. You did that, done and dusted. And I think, and then I just don't get that last bit. So I think, cause the last, I think, from from my perspective, the last chapter is about how good the kids are doing, right? And how look at how great things are once those structures have been at minimum relaxed, maybe not dismantled, but like eased. Um, of course, there's progress. It's not and, you know it's not perfect, but there's progress. And so I think that's why the majority of the chapter spends time on like the kids and like how they're doing and how Fanny Beaufort is like a sign of good change. And then it's, you need to wrap that up and like, yeah, but it's st- like the I- impact on Newland's life is still there. And like, he still feels bound okay. by this stuff. And I think that's like, it's almost like writing yourself into a quarter, but I don't want to say that because I'm not a writer. So I don't know how this works. Um, no, again, endings are hard. Endings that's are difficult, the motto. clearly. Um, but I think, so at that point, does that just then become an idea of like, you have to live for your children. Kind you of. You have to like suffer for your kids to like give them a better life. I think it's it's a combination of that and also just an understanding of like uh or, or progress to, to is important. It. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just for the next generation, not mm-hmm. even for like your own children. But like, like I I think the last chapter feels Oh man, but I just I can poke a hole in that right now. Okay, go for it. Because I just say if if Newland's work is all about advancing progress, like all of his his civil service. And he's still unfulfilled by it, and he doesn't see the good in it. Well, he, that kind of undercut that. No, I mean he does see, he sees the the civil good in it, right? But he when okay. he talks about his life he's lacking, just it's personally, not, it's it's yeah, it's the, 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 the but the see to me that like, but to me that's like, you'd want that personal fulfillment, right? But because which is why of, it's not a happy ending. No, like I'm, I get it, but it's just like, and I think that's that's the bit she's skewering is she's saying like he can't have that happiness because of how he's lived his life or the way that society is like structured what it like he's supposed I guess, to yeah. do. I guess, yeah, I, yeah. 
and, and again, this this chapter feels a lot to me like the end of fucking Animal House, right? Where it's just like so and so ended up like oh it's so, yeah, went on to yeah, yeah, where it's like I need to tell you this is the closest <laughs> I, Edith Wharton I gets. Just, I can't believe you just compared Edith Wharton to Animal I'm House. Sorry, you but should continue, anyways. But it's 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 the closest she gets to beating the reader over the head with like progress is good, things need to change. Look at how bad these systems are for people, right? And specifically women. I had like I just I just I just I disagree. I disagree. Where this is the I'm, the preceding pages, I think, do a much better job at, at doing that because the book's not subtle, man. Like no. for all you want to be like like those moments are not subtle. Where it's it's I mean, she's explicitly saying, like, Yeah, look at this shit. And and that's what I'm saying. This is the closest she gets to beating the reader over the head with it. Whereas, like, I feel like it's pulled back. I feel like putting that last chapter in, we've talked, I don't remember which episode it was, but we briefly mentioned the idea of, like, Pulitzer bait. Yeah. And I think we're seeing, I'm seeing a trend here in final chapters that I think we're going to continue to see. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not willing to say that it's a pattern yet because it's only three books. But this idea of final chapters that, like, show the culmination of like a life or like have a time jump or have something that shows like, and then if we extrapolate what happened out down all these years, yeah. here's what mattered. You know what I mean? And it feels like that. It's it's that. Where I'm like, did you write that because that was the end you thought you needed to have? I, I don't, I don't know what her motivations were in writing this, but. Um, well, of course not. We can't. I, it reads it doesn't read to me like it doesn't read to me like an editor came through and was like you need to be more like we no, need a no, better no, ending I, it, it no. reads to me like something I just mean, she's choosing to do but I, I guess I don't know why absolutely right? but I'm just saying like or is that like is that the fashion of the time is to be like your novel's gonna end you know it has to end on a wrap up of their life. There has to be a, an epilogue, right? Instead of instead of the hard cut of and then Ellen left and the door shut. End of story. So despite my maybe misgivings with the end, I still really enjoyed reading this book. And there are a lot of scenes in this back half that I, I did enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And I was wondering, did you feel the same? Yeah, I did. I've got quite a few uh, specific sequences that I really enjoyed, but uh, what were some of yours? I liked the dinner scene. Yeah. I thought I, it was pretty good. I thought that it, it did well, well end at uh, <laughs> exposing the fact that... Dooland wasn't, he wasn't quite like, I wouldn't call him an unreliable narrator, but I would say that he was wrong. He was wrong about things, right? Like he, he was not yeah. omnipotent. He got 100%. things wrong where he thought that he was being discreet or he thought that, you know, people weren't talking, Yeah, but you know, let's give him something to talk about. People thought that he and, and Ellen were already an item. Yeah. So I thought that was like an interesting scene. I, there was the so there was a moment where they go to the opera again, and I was like, and it's always Faust, 
Yeah. And I was like, I get it. Uh, the, in that, during that scene, uh, May is wearing her wedding dress. Yeah. And they the talk blue. about how that's like fashion. That's mm. the fashion of the time. But then when they're leaving, she ripped it and it got muddied. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was one of the like most, it was maybe the only part where I was like, that was kind of a heavy touch. Yeah. I was like, he didn't a need on to. the nose. Yeah. I was like, I get it. But, um, there's but that also, was with the dinner sequence in general too, there's the, um, Almost the callbacks to the first time uh, Newland is talking with Ellen in the box at the beginning of the book where he refers to the the rest of the audience as a tribunal. And that yeah, same yeah. thing is happening at the dinner, but yeah. it's both of them this time that yeah. are on trial. Um, which I, I mean, the, clever there's, and good. There's a lot of reflection like that. Yeah. Whether second explicitly or metaphorically mm-hmm. calls, calls back to previous events. I... I do have a, uh, a question for you about one particular paragraph. Um, so Ooh, uh, a specific paragraph a spe- question? Well, it's, it's like, it's a sequence um, Give me that where page number. it's 244 in my copy, uh, the third paragraph on the page. Um, I'm going to read this out. Uh, yeah. Because Newland is talking to himself about May. <laughs> and suddenly the play of the word flashed up like a wild suggestion. What if it were she, being May, who was dead? Oh, yeah. If she were going to die, to die soon, and leave him free, the sensation of standing there in that warm, familiar room and looking at her and wishing her dead was so strange, so fascinating, and so overmastering that its enormity did not immediately strike him. So this dude's like, I wish my wife would die. And I was like, so what I wrote, the fuck? You know, it's a visual medium, so yeah. I hold up my notes. But right. I just wrote, you can't, it doesn't come across on camera. Yeah. Uh, on my notes, I just wrote, uh, in like giant letters and was like, wait. So this does lead into, yeah, man. Uh, it does lead into something that my feelings on, on Newland Archer changed pretty dramatically. Yeah. I think in the back half. And I think this ties into what I mentioned earlier where I think Ellen is mistreated. Yes. Pretty harshly, pretty severely. Um, And I don't care for Newland Archer. He, I think he's worse. He's worse than I thought. Yeah. When I, I mentioned last episode where I was like, I think he's like mostly good, but is maybe just kind of like fucking up. I don't know anymore. That's kind of my my note for that chapter is basically like, oh, he's not who we thought he was. And like there's. I think I let him wrote, off the hook. Yeah. I specifically wrote something about like my feelings on Newland have forever shifted because there's. It felt like a. It felt like such a, even internal abrupt. Gross thing to think, um, and it's yeah, not. It's not it, something he recoils from, right? It's not something where he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I just thought well, it's that." It's never addressed again. Yeah, it's that's the other thing that's alarming about it is it's it's that one pair. It almost felt like if if Edith if the author would have just cut that paragraph, right? I wouldn't have noticed or like that sequence. Yeah. And I was at the time being like, what is going to happen? I, I, it was like 2 AM when I was reading and I was like, is this going to turn into like a murder mystery book? Or like, is that the, passion? I thought the same. I was kind of excited for it. I yeah, kind of wanted like, to see him just unravel completely. Yeah. I was like, like okay, oh, if we're going that direction, like, okay. I was like, he's going to murder his wife and then flee with Ellen. Like, and that yeah. honestly at the back half of that book where, um, or the later when, May is like, oh, I'm pregnant. My head went to very dark places very quickly. Wow. Wow. Being like, holy crap, is this going to happen in two chapters? Like, 
because no it, dude that that no par- that paragraph was like haunting in a way i guess for me well it's it's jarring for sure i do think it's supposed to be a fleeting idea yeah like it's just supposed to be like i don't think there's there's i mean there's malice in it but i don't think in the form of like and premeditation i need to kill my wife i think right. it's just like one of those things that's like imagine if we hadn't been married yeah imagine if she weren't here at all yeah Maybe she would die. Like, I think it's like one of those like intrusive thoughts that happen, but it it is weird and and uncomfortable for sure. But I mean, it's supposed to be. And yeah, Um, I just wanted your take on it because it, yeah, the, the margins of my book there. I marked it down. I marked it down. Full of like, what the hell? There's another moment. There's another moment too, where Newland is talking. Is it with Mr. Jackson? Where he basically goads him into revealing more information than he should where they're having, I think they're having a cigar after dinner. And Mr. Jackson is like, Oh, well, you know, it's a shame about uh, Mr. Beaufort. I don't remember his first name, Julius. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to take us on a detour right now. I'm, I'm breaking up this thought to bring you a different thought. (laughs) What the hell was up with Julius Beaufort? What do you mean? What was up with him? What was his business? So it was just investing things. So he was he was It's a, just vague. It's just intentionally yeah, vague. He was a money it, so, man who, because I was very confused by the idea of he made some bad investments. Right. That was clear. That's mm-hmm. clear. Right. His his what are they his prospects were poor. Yes. And that meant that the whole town was fucked. So prior so in yeah, so basically there's there's sections early in the second half where um, people are commenting on like, wow, Julius is spending a shit ton of money on like jewelry and new racehorses and yachts. And can he really afford to be doing that? Because there have been murmurs that he's been, you know, not having the best luck with his investments. So those rumors steadily grow louder. And then eventually there's a, a dinner party where people are like, oh, did you hear? Julius is fine. Like. He, you know, everything came through okay. He he leaned on some people, and he's going to get some money to pay off some bills that are due for him. Yeah. Come to find out, he spread those rumors, Julius spread those rumors about himself to yeah. remove some money from the bank before he defaulted. And in a prior FDIC world where you don't have insured accounts, there's only sure, a, limited, a run on the bank. Yeah, so yeah. a run on the bank happens that... It's funny, too, because the way they talk about it is very like moneyed people or it's like it was disastrous for us and like clearly there are people like starving or like have lost everything with this bank that's what i did yeah i didn't understand what the what the severity of this issue was and i guess i also don't understand how it's tied then to what seems to be the actual issue which is that when this happens when this occurs it brings not to to light because everyone knew yeah but now there's no denying Julius's indiscretions and right. him cheating on his wife. And I guess I didn't understand how the two were intertwined, nor did I understand why that affected um no, I did I did get this eventually where I was like, oh, Ellen has money tied up with him because of Medora. Right. Who invested through him. But then it, it was just very So there's there's a section that kind of addresses the way that New York society reflects on that stuff on page uh, 213. 
So it was thus Archer reflected that New York managed its transitions, conspiring to ignore them until they were all well over, and then in all good faith imagining that they had taken place in the preceding age. So like, as long as there wasn't like widespread present knowledge or a reason to like push someone away in the present moment, we'll ignore it for now. But the second, like, oh, can you remember back when? I don't know if this is really. It's not. It's, about, it yeah. means a different thing. Yeah, it means a different thing. That's a good section, but it's not relevant yeah. here. I. It's it's fine, and that I I understand from a like plot contrivance way why Julius would be the one, you know, who's who fucks the town basically, <laughs> where he literally quite literally and uh, yeah. and figuratively. Uh, but it, it, it's also just like. It is an it is a prediction that that I got wrong. Yeah, we both. Where got I thought wrong I thought much. his his role would be very different, but the back half to me, I'll say I'll, the missteps in the back half, I think are. Edith Wharton is an absolute master at New York society. Yeah, in the first half, or or at least in uh, imagining it in such a way where I could feel it, could could feel how lived it was, how how real it felt. In the back half, we get out of her wheelhouse. I think we start drifting a little bit into areas where I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I had too many questions for it to just be like, mm -hmm. sure. Like, even in the front half, where like, really, you would be like, why don't you just tell your wife that you don't love her? Just get a divorce, dude. But then it's like, because of all these reasons where you're, it's it's so well realized to the consequences of that, I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then in the back half, I was like, some of this is kind of shaky. Yeah. And then like Julius was one of those where I was like, really all? Like the family, like the, the matriarch of the family has like a stroke because Julius's wife, who's been like cheated on, is like, I was cheated on, but then like is also like, but I'm gonna stand by Julius. Yeah, you and know ask what I mean? for money, and but does she ask for money? Is I thought that, that was the thing. Was like she was asking for help to pay the debts. Um, but then if if okay, but then why didn't they just pay the debts? Because that family seems infinitely wealthy. Because it's not actually an issue for them. Yeah, I, I because don't... then they just like give Ellen like a huge. I, I think we're supposed I'm to, in the weeds I'm in the weeds we're supposed to suspend disbelief a little bit there but I don't know Ethan pull me out I don't know man <laughs> you're in there it's no. too late yeah that section I, I found questionable I will say I thought the travel abroad was also like meh sus like I was kind of like eh, okay yeah like the honeymoon specifically yeah yeah, yeah. I it just loses the thread man yeah I'm talking myself down it's funny because I don't. I still feel pretty good about. Like like you said earlier, it's like I I would recommend this book to people, um, but I can I would agree that there's definitely a degradation in like the quality of the book, um, at least like the plot, like the narrative. Um, do you want to get into some quotes here in a sec? Well, I don't remember what I broke. I, and I was like, I'm gonna go on a tangent, and then I don't remember what that was a tangent from. So if neither of us can remember, then yeah. Okay, it was a tangent about Julius, right? Yeah. Um, we had just talked about the murder sequence. Um, that was it. Good job, Ethan. You remembered. Tangent concluded. <laughs> Returning to the to the topic at hand. Newland Archer uh, has Archer Newland. Newland Archer. Newland Archer. Yeah. 
has is having a discussion with um Mr. Sillerton Jackson where he's talking about how uh I mean Mr. Jackson is talking about about Beaufort and about how he's failing and about oh well that means that like I wonder what that's going to mean for Ellen and Newland basically just is like, what did you just say to me, bitch? Like, he yeah. gets so mad so fast. Yeah. And then, it, like, acknowledges, like, he's like, yeah, he was, like, the type of mad where, like, you know that you're about to, like, fuck up real bad, but you can't stop. Yeah. And, like, I've been there. I think we've all done something or said something where we're like, this is not going to help. And then you say it anyway. But to have that and then paired with some of his other actions i was like ooh i don't i don't yeah. care for newland i would be uncomfortable around this dude he's not nearly as bad as like the the julius beauforts of the novel but he's there was definitely no. a humongous difference between first half newland and second half newland yeah. um which they're all newland so like it's the same guy yeah um not to be confused with his cousin van newland or like something weird yeah <laughs> The names are bad, dude. They're not great. Yeah, so so I, I really lost a lot of, of love for Newland. And paired with that was that he treats Ellen so poorly in the back half. Where in the first half, I could at least understand... No, I, I said it last time. I, I thought their interactions were very compelling. Yeah. We're, we're very we're, we're hot they, they were is yeah. the word that I used they were they were there was a, a tension there were there was and tension, not even and there was not also even sexual a, but yeah. like romantic tension and there was also a I guess maybe we were bringing too much of our present time sensibilities to the interactions but I really felt like oh there's like an understanding of like each other's equals right and as I no people. I think I don't think that's us bringing that I think that was there there was a care yeah there was there was a lot of of thought put into actions where in the back half I, I think where you're going with this is especially specifically the um specifically the sequence in the museum where uh they're talking about elevating their uh affair right um yeah felt very much she, like a command a lot of or like an object like I demand this of you kind of thing Oh, I didn't take it that way. Okay, but I I can see that I can see that interpretation. That, that's how I but felt. I, I didn't think so because yeah. I think I there was. I mean, I felt that it was it was aggressive, mm. but I felt like there was mutual consent there. I never thought like it was, you know. No, no, no. I I, I would wrong agree. in that way. But I don't understand his motivations in the back half. I think is what happens, and that that carries all the way through to the end. Where I guess I just no longer understand what he's doing. Right, because I might be too dumb for this. Uh, yeah. Where I, or I'm, or I'm too, or I'm too emotionally intelligent. Where I'm like, what if you just talked about it, right? Which is yeah. like the problem with all of these. It's the problem with every like you know, r romantic comedy or otherwise where you're like, if everyone just talked about their feelings, it would be fine, but we can't do yeah. that for X, Y, and Z. Fine. Fine. I don't understand how we went from Newland. I just don't understand his motivations in the second half. I don't understand his reasons for, why he does the things that he does. I don't understand why in one moment he can be abjectly cruel to May 
maybe not outwardly, but inwardly. Like, I don't understand what the point of that is if then the alternative is maybe like a kindness. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, why would he stay with May? And like, if the front half is him going through the motions, right? Like the idea of like, they're doing the dance, they do what is asked of them, but he's at least doing it and fulfilling his duty in that way. And I felt like there was a happiness with May. Like there was something there. And then in the second half, it's like, I don't think, like, I think he, like, hates May. I, yeah, I don't know quite to what level um, he dislikes her or um, has some resentment towards her. Because, honestly, even in the first half of the book, towards the end of the, like, chapter 17, 18, roughly. Again, don't care about chapters, man. Like, I'm never going (laughs) to get it. And, uh, but anyways, there's, there's a bit where they're writing somewhere. He's already kind of snippy with her, like prior to the wedding. Um, yeah. Or like even to the idea of like a wedding date, like there, there, there's already a buildup of like, I'm tired of you. And like, yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's weird. I don't know. I, I'm kind of there with you in terms of why he talks to Ellen the way that he does and the why, the reasons. I think, uh, <sighs> I never made, I never finished my point on this. So let me just make my point on this is that I don't feel like him and Ellen have an actual conversation in the back half, the way that they did in that front half, right? Where in the, in the first half, I think that they, they had conversation outside of the idea of like, what if we get together, huh? But it was like, you know, it would happen. Like there would be moments where that would be like kind of on the, on the sides of like a, a larger conversation, Right, where it'd be like, oh, how did you feel about, you know, society in Europe when you lived there? And, you know, there was like a whole conversation there. And in the second half, every time they met, it was about like, well, when will I see you next? Right, which is fine, but it didn't have that same... She lost the heat. Like the velocity on the fastball, I think, came down. And I think it was just like, it was a struggle in the second half. Needed to pull her. Yeah, I mean, you get tired out there, man. You get tired out there. Ethan, in every story... You are allowed one, one parentheses, one big coincidence. And I think Edith yeah. Wharton made the most of hers. Yes. With with the French tutor who May yeah. and, and Newland meet on their honeymoon, who then come returns. Do not it's the end of the Avengers where it's like Hawk Hawkman, is that a guy? Will return in whatever, where it's like French tutor will return in second half of novel. <laughs> because he comes back as and reveals himself to be working for the count. Oh, I can't make the same count joke two podcasts in a row. But, but yeah, he's he's the uh, the secretary or the messenger. Yeah, he's the one that got Ellen out. Yeah. Big C, baby. It's, Big C. Yeah. And it was the one where I went, that's your one. Don't pull this shit again. It was weird to me because I thought that um, 
that character's entire function was to just drive a wedge between Newland and May, right? With the whole, like, isn't that so French that he likes to talk to people and have interesting conversations? And Newland would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, good conversations, good conversation. And then he comes back. It's like, actually, I'm a triple agent for the count and I'm here. Well, But I would say that he's know. also then still fulfilling that role of driving them apart. Because his his he um, ultimately comes to the conclusion that it'd be best if Ellen stays, or at least does not go back to the count. But it was just like you couldn't come up with another French guy, or like why like that was, why, why was it like that was all that I took away from it was like a like oh interesting followed by like but why like yeah. it was a questionable choice because I expected some sort of conversation with the secretary once there was there's a brief mention of like oh that's not an American face coming out of that building and I don't. No, yes, they why hinted at I that. Know that. Yeah. Sometimes you just look at someone and you're like, you're a foreigner. <laughs> Anyways, uh and so like I thought there was gonna be some sort of conversation with the messenger of that uh offer from the count to Ellen. Well, I yeah, it, when it first happened, I was like, Oh shit, it's the count. Like I was yeah. like, Oh Jesus. Like if you're really like yeah. you know, here's someone that stands out in a crowd as being like unique among americans i would be like that would be like royalty probably like yeah. i think if you saw the queen on the street you'd be like that's I, something's weird here you know what i mean yeah so i guess that's but then no but then no it's a french tutor not yeah. tudor who tutor yes not a tutor in the language not the not the line not the yeah 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 his inclusion was strange and then also weird because in the first half they talk about how one of the rumors is that Ellen, when the secretary M. Riviere, I'm not French. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to monsieur, monsieur. Nailed it. In the first half they talk about how the, the one of the rumors is that Ellen, when the secretary helped her get away, that Ellen like fell in with the secretary or like you know had a relationship, had, sort of had an affair. Yeah. With the the secretary, so then in the when it's revealed when the dude marches up to Newland's face and is like that's me, and then he's just like, he, I didn't there that conversation was like weird too. I couldn't get a grasp. I think I just don't understand Newland's emotion at any point. Where I'm like I can't tell if he's like mad or if he's like overcome by like. May, and maybe he doesn't know either. Maybe that's yeah. The he's point. erratic and and short with people yeah. constantly, and I think that's supposed to be indicative of his like resentment towards his current situation. Well, it's also like there's the whole section where she talks about how Edith writes about how Newland has his his real life is what he imagines internally, like what his vision of his life with Ellen would be, and the distinction of that with his actual life, which is what he's, you know going yeah. through day to day and it it talks about how he's completely withdrawn so maybe that's like part of it is that he has no patience for anything because it's not it's not his real life versus his actual life which i did like i thought that was like a, a good bit of writing there um but yeah in that conversation with the with the the tutor with the secretary i didn't understand if anything was confirmed one way or the other People talk past each other in this, and I can't yeah. pick up on it because I'm not from 1921. What is it? 1921. Yeah, that entire sequence is strange, too, because I, I think I, I honestly at the time took it to mean, oh, Newland isn't concerned. Like, he doesn't care. 
about her past, right? Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe there was something there that I missed. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, this fucking guy. Well, and then was like, oh, I guess it's okay. I think the, the implication there was that he was mad that, oh, here's somebody trying to take oh, Ellen from me. But not, okay, and, not personally, but because he was in the no. service of the count. Okay, that makes more yes, sense. right. Yeah. To double down on something I said earlier, if I may, you may. and it contains may, contains oh, concerns. Wow. She's not in a box. I'm a small may in a box. But, uh, part of the consequences of revealing that Archer is incorrect about things, that Archer's view is, is not always the truth. Yeah. Um, I was struck by the idea that and maybe this was the point all along, but I'm curious what your what your thought on this is. That May might be way, way, way smarter than Newland thinks. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Okay, cool. As long as we're on the same page here, because this is part of why I was like, I think the back half is like people just getting mistreated and being like, "Come on, man." Because there's a part yeah. what what made me think of this specifically was there's a section mm. where Newland can concocts a lie to go see Ellen in, in Washington, D.C. And he tells May that he needs to go on lawyer business because there's a patent hearing happening. At the Supreme At the Court. Supreme you know, Court. where patent cases happen. <laughs> yeah, general patent. And then the... Uh, <laughs> the attorney general. <laughs> the attorney's general. And the um, before he can put that plan into action, it's revealed that Ellen is coming to visit because... The Mingot matriarch, Catherine, Catherine. but sometimes they call her Manson. Is that a title? Yeah, so I think it's like- Is this like when I I found out what Esquire was? No, (laughs) I don't think it's that. I I think it's, um, I think that's her maiden name or something. I don't know. I I don't know. It was some, it's- It's It's old Catherine Mingot. Yes, yes. To use the, the one and only authorized, uh, better left unread pronunciation. Has a stroke. She's fine. And uh, <laughs> so Ellen is coming to visit because she's been summoned. Um, and two things happen in the in this scene to me. The first is that the entire family freaks the fuck out that they can't figure out who's going to pick up Ellen from Jersey. Yeah. And they're like, all they talk about is how like Ellen's such a burden and I was like, no, she's just coming to town. Like, she didn't do anything. Like, yeah. you guys suck. Which, again, is, like, the point that's, like, these people mistreat Ellen for no real reason. Other than she mm. doesn't exactly fit what their definition of, like, good woman is, basically. Right? But the second one is that May goes, um, oh, well, that's too bad because, it, like, it's too bad that you'll miss Ellen because you have to go to Washington for the, the patent yeah. hearing. I laughed I did too, hard. and I was like, yeah, get his ass. But then, like, but then it's like he just doesn't go anyway. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going anymore. It got delayed. It's like, oh, but 
I read in the paper. Yeah, that your boss is going, and he's like, shut the fuck up. And he like he lies to her straight up, and she knows that it's a lie. There's a lot of moments in this book where like May clearly knows exactly what's happening, and initially you're like you're told by Newland that like oh she's dumb as hell, but as the book goes on. It's it becomes clear that no, she knows exactly what's happening. Well, she knows that um, she's being mistreated. Yes. But then in the what I will say, but then at the end they describe her daughter as being more athletic, but no smarter than her. And I was like, damn, Edith, it's like that, huh? Yeah. Cause that's not Archer I, saying that. That's Edith Wharton writing that, right? Yeah. And it, it struck me as weird. Mm-hmm. Um She's a no, I mean she's a jock. It's fine. But then, but I just mean, so it was like the idea of like, Newland's just such a jerk, man. He's just a jerk. We're in the first half. I think he was kind of just like a love struck fool. In the second half, he's just a fucking jerk, man. I think he just gets more bitter as the book goes on too. And like, yeah, this is, this is separate from me saying that I didn't enjoy the second half. This is me saying how much he fell out of favor with me, which is again, Mm -hmm. separate issue. You can have an unlikable protagonist. Honestly, still prefer him to George. Easy. That's not even close. Where it's like, even though I might have trouble connecting to his emotional state or like his motivations, I can at least be like, yeah. He's still a person where I don't, I don't have those same feelings about George, which is, he's not, he's not a jerk for the sake of being a jerk in a story. You yeah. like understand what's happening to him. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. but also like ease up, dude. Yeah. Ethan, I don't have any larger ideas to bring up. I think I'm sure if I sat here and thought about it, I would have a billion more. Cause like we've said, this book's pretty dense and I think you can find a lot of things to talk about. I recommend it for a book club or a podcast about reading books, but there were also some quotes that I wanted to pick out just cause I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of excellent writing in here and things that I think will stick with me even just beyond, you know, plot points. Right. And so I'd like, uh, I'd like to begin. Go for it. Yeah. I'm gonna cut you off. No, I would no. like to begin. <laughs> That's- Yes. Continue. Uh, I, there's a section where um, Newland is is talking about how he feels about Ellen. And I think this is one of the more beautifully written sections. And again, even even with the down velocity, the fastball is still good. There's still movement there. You know, it's still you can throw it for strikes, and Edith's going to get it out over the plate, and like you got to catch up. I mean, you know what I mean. If anything, we can say Edith eats innings. She's Definitely an innings a solid addition eater. Yeah. Solid addition of rotation. Absolutely. But. And so, Let's but when she brings though. it and you, you see just this, this wicked piece coming at you where he says, each time you happen to me all over again, which is him talking that about underlined. every time they, when he sees her after he hasn't seen her for a long time, each time you happen to me all over again. And I was like, yep. that's, it's beautiful. That's beautiful, baby. It, I underlined the exact same section because it was just, and there are plenty of like, wow moments with her writing, um, Again, even in the slightly air quotes worse yeah. second half of the book, um, for instance, there's Again, a there's a section here. Yeah, I, no, I'm sorry. I just want to make it clear that I'm yeah. still like Edith Wharton. 
top, you know, 99th percentile writer. I'm like her coming down a little bit is still like flying well above average above everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another line, uh, in the book where, uh, Newland is talking about a poor writer, uh, that he knows that again, it just reads incredibly, um, as it was precisely of that love of the poor that, uh, Winset, I think is his name, uh, was starving to death. Archer looked at with a sort of vicarious envy at this eager, impecunious young man who had fared so richly in poverty. I was like, yeah. damn, that's really yeah. good. That's <laughs> Yeah. It's good shit, man. Like that's 80 yeah. grade. Like that's you'd you'd rate that 80. <laughs> this is the Venn diagram of like people way into baseball <laughs> scouting and then like age yeah. of innocence. It's going to be a weird it's it's two separate circles. No, the thing is we're bringing we're going to be we're going to be there's a hole in the market. Say, yeah. And we're filling it. <laughs> I was about to say we're going to be bringing uh age of innocence to baseball people, but I think it's the I think other we're way bringing around. baseball people to age of innocence, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can go and sit in the outfield and everyone's there with their paperback copy of whatever Pulitzer Prize, yo, baseball stadium book club. That's not bad. We'll have to cut that so I can save it for a million dollar idea. Another quote that I really liked is Edith goes back to the well of pointing out that gender norms are fucked and the ways in which men are excused certain behaviors, but for a woman to do it, it's absolutely inexcusable. It's very interesting. But even then she... um. She writes, in the rotation of crops, there was a recognized season for wild oats, but they were not to be sown more than once. I was like, okay, okay. It's a clever little bit. Yeah. Let me hit you with another one. This one one needs no introduction. His whole future seemed suddenly to be unrolled before him, and passing down its endless emptiness, he saw the dwindling figure of a man to whom nothing was ever to happen. Yep, that was Ooh. some solid shit. Like, Get it, Edith? Ethan, I think we're about wrapped up our time with the Age of Innocence. What was the Age of Innocence? Hmm? What did it mean? Who could say? You're giving me nothing, man. I don't know what to say, man. And the uh but we can say that we did predict things last episode. Yeah, we and did. It would be cowardly to not face the reality of what we got right and wrong. Right. I mean wrong. Ethan, Sorry. I think yeah, I think we're a big ofer. So uh yeah, we struck out big time. So the first hopeful prediction of it just being two weeks for the entire back half of the book eh. obviously didn't happen. Marriage happened right away. Yeah, it was like the um, next sentence, and I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So that follows up with our second prediction that May and Newland are the only people who get married and there are no divorces. So we were both wrong to some extent there. You didn't really make a prediction in that uh particular regard, but um, Wait, what do you mean? No divorces. Who else got married? So like Huh? We we predicted that only May and New. You said you said you weren't sure who was going to get married. Oh, okay. I I was hopeful that Ellen and uh, Newland would. That neither of those things happened. And I also said that if May and uh, Newland do get married, there will be a divorce, and there was oh, not a okay. divorce. Yeah. No, she died. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> um, Beaufort, uh, we talked briefly about yeah. in the first half as like kind of a mere haunting specter. He really just served as a 
kind of a plot device for the rest of the... I mean, every character is a plot device, but as we discussed, a different one, and all of a sudden, a weird one. Yeah, and so... All in all, we didn't really have any. No, I think I said that I I was hope I was hoping that the count would appear. I don't know if I mm-hmm. straight out said it was a prediction, but that nope. It, to yeah. be fair, I do believe I said I can't predict it. And you know no, what? We that both... prediction, right? Correct. So in in a we way, both... <laughs> got them all right. Yeah, I guess we could frame it that Overrule way. It. We actually got everything right, yeah. even though by, the reality of the situation saying... is that we lost. Uh, no, because no. See, you don't. Okay, but the thing is, we've both. I'll speak for both of us now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And say that uh, we both really enjoyed Edith Wharton's writing in this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. I would agree. I don't know why I said I was going to speak for you and then also waited for you to agree. And then you paused for me to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, unfortunately, it is the one time she appears on the Pulitzer Prize winner list, meaning we're leaving her behind. Mm -hmm. But as we say, happy trails. Did you look her up at all? Because I didn't. Yeah, I was about to say, do we want to talk about that briefly? So the only interesting things I want to... There's a lot about her. She's yeah. she's very famous. She knew a lot of very famous people. Oh, good. Like, I, the reason she brought up Teddy was she knew Teddy. Um, oh, cool. She like was friends with Andre Gide. Um, I think is how he says his last I don't know name. who that is, so um, let's, he's let's a, move on. He's a, he's a writer. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and very, very wealthy from New York her father's family have you heard the phrase keeping up with the joneses yeah they're the joneses they're the joneses wow they were incredibly wealthy uh this is again according to wikipedia so hedge all of this with yeah. like it's up for no opinion. i mean hey man it's a it's a podcast about the books not the authors yeah totally but for uh, legal reasons yeah, so, I, I do have to say that yeah she um the, i think the most interesting thing that relates to the book though is that when they were voting to uh, award the Pulitzer for 1921, the panel selected a different book. And then the president of the university, which I think is Columbia, just said, no, Edith gets it. Oh, and that's really? How she, yeah, that's how she won the Pulitzer. Huh. Um, which I I think is fascinating. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, so that I think that was the most surprising thing I took away. She has a very interesting long life and is very... Still alive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> born 1864 <laughs> or whatever, and still alive. That no. was a joke. <laughs> Allegedly, no. Allegedly. I I really enjoyed her writing. I'm glad yeah, she no, won, even if it it was maybe. I don't know. Now is is that the, I, is that the backroom dealings? Is that she? So I don't like someone pressured I, I was it thinking that about, way, or is it the opposite? I was thinking about this, and I'm not. I, I think we're both for very unclear reasons concerned with people overturning votes lately. Um, but the the hedge, or I guess the the thing about this particular circumstance is, it feels like a a an award that somebody is trying to make progressive, and it's not like the book's bad. And no, I have read very the good. other book. Um, 
So to me, it's like, yeah, I kind of don't care. It's just, it's a, yeah. it's a, like winning an Oscar. It's like, that's great. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically mean... like an industry award show where you're like, yeah. Okay. So like part of me is like, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. And also the book's good. Stop giving away so. the secrets of the podcast, which is that it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> that's all I have to say about the Age of Innocence Same. and Edith Wharton. Yeah, it's good. It was a good time. Like, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. I, I recommend it highly. Uh, we now go. To where we have gone before. I don't want to. I don't want to either, but we have to. That's the nature of the project. Ethan, our next oh, book man. will be 1922's winner, Alice Adams, by, by who, returning favorite, returning champ, Booth Tarkington. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. apologize in advance i sneezed two times on the recording so great but step back and jack because i'm like you know what i mean because i see you getting frustrated and then it just comes through and then it's like you're not there give me the energy i need it i'm not i'm not keeping that in i don't like it i didn't like it coming out i didn't like it coming out it was Um, a good attempt at being topical but yeah I, w- I wanted to say that all of our predictions existed in a superposition between being right and wrong. <laughs> His best book is The Magnificent Amberson. Which, if that's the case. And I said I hated it. <laughs> I just had something clever and I lost it. Lawrence Leopards.